Culture believes that truth is relative and not absolute. Christianity stands on truth being absolute. Is truth relative or absolute? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zukran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today we will be listening to a message that was taken from our 2020 Evian Youth Apologetics Conference. Annually, Pat brings in guest speakers from all over to teach and equip the youth of today. Now here's Clint Manley with a message entitled, The Failure of Relativism. So let's look at five of the fatal flaws of relativism. The first one is that relativism violates our purpose for existing and commits cosmic treason. And this is the most important issue with relativism, if you don't get anything else. See, relativists deny any ultimate purpose in life and in the universe. And here's the reason for that. All value judgments good and bad, right and wrong, ugly and beautiful, are based on purpose or design. Only if I know the purpose for something can I say that it is good or bad. For instance, I can only say that this podium is a good or bad podium if it has a purpose. If it was created to hold my tablet, then I can say it's a good podium if it holds up my tablet. And if it collapses, I can say it's a bad podium. But if the podium is just here by accident, if it has no purpose or no design, then I can never say that it's good or bad. It just is. And the flip side of that means that if there is no such thing as good or bad, then I imply that no podiums have any purpose. And that's exactly what relativists say. Relativists say there is no good and no bad by denying truth and values, relativists deny all purpose and design for life. But guys, the Bible clearly teaches us that human beings have a purpose. God created mankind with purpose and design. Guys, do you know why you exist? This is the most important question you can ask. Do you know why you exist? When you roll out of bed in the morning and your feet touch the floor, do you know what your purpose in life is? I do. Because Isaiah 43, 7 says that God created mankind for his glory. The Westminster Catechism sums up the entire biblical teaching on this by saying the chief end, the purpose of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That is such freeing truth. And that means our purpose is to both know God with our minds and to enjoy him with proper affections. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the truth and we exist to treasure that truth. Since God created with a purpose then, that means that there is an ultimate standard for good and bad that is measured by that purpose. God himself is the standard of truth. And how well we measure up to him and how well we accomplish our purpose to know and enjoy God is the determining factor for all good and bad. And since relativism denies that purpose, they rebel against truth and they deny the reason that we exist. They commit treason against God. Here's the second flaw of relativism. 
Relativism masks arrogance and pride. In our culture, if you claim that there is objective truth that all must submit to, you're called arrogant. How many of you guys have heard someone say something like, how dare you judge me? That's arrogant and intolerant. Or, who are you to tell me what is true or not? See, relativism wears the clothes of humility and says that anyone who holds to objective truth is arrogant, but actually it's just the opposite. See, like the emperor who had no clothes on, relativism is totally naked, but it is completely full of pride. Remember, we said that truth is something that submits or conforms to the way the world really is. And so to deny truth is to refuse to submit to reality. Let me give you an illustration of what this would look like. It's as if when I was a little boy, I said to my dad, you know, dad, I'm really not sure that you actually are my dad. I, I'm just not smart enough to know the truth about that. I, I can't really know you're my dad. I can't even really know that I have a dad. And so I'm going to go ahead and be my own dad. I'm going to go ahead and be my own authority and make up my own rules and obey them. Now, how do you suppose that my dad would respond to me in that situation? Gee, son, I guess I was being pretty arrogant to be your dad. I'm so glad that you learned to truly be humble. No, right? But that's exactly what relativism says. I can't know if there's truth or a standard, so I will do whatever I want to do and call it good and bad. That's pure, prideful rebellion against God. People try to make themselves the emperor of truth and say they are wearing humble clothes when in reality they are nakedly prideful. And you might say, how does that work? If relativism is so arrogant, why does it seem to sound humble and selfless most of the time? How does it come off that way? Well, relativism is humble, but it's humble where it should not be humble. Relativism is humble in the truth, where we should have strong convictions, and it places pride in self exactly where we should be humble. Or to say it another way, pride in self plus humility in truth equals relativism. And that is exactly why this idea that there is no truth is so attractive to our society. We have become totally man-centered and prideful in our thinking. And relativism allows you to create your own God, which looks exactly like you. You guys ever wonder why selfies and Instagram are so incredibly popular in this age of relativism? It's because relativism frees you to make a God out of yourself, and Instagram allows you to set up an idol to that God, sacrificing selfie after selfie in worship at the altar of self. And friends, James 4.6 says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so we need to be very careful in the way that we choose to submit to truth and to reality. Here's the third fatal flaw of relativism. Relativism destroys language. And this is one of the things that most affects me with relativism. Because I love words and language. God created language as a beautiful, truth-bearing tool. The great and glorious goal for which God created both words is breathtakingly beautiful and brilliantly bold. But relativism destroys language. And here's why. If there's no truth, 
no reality outside myself, then words don't refer to anything. Words become whatever I want them to be. See, here's the way words work. Words represent ideas or objects. I say the word podium, and that represents this object right here. And the power of words is in their ability to communicate and to describe reality. For instance, if I say Clint is a man, well, you know Clint refers to Clinton Manley, the bald dude standing on the stage, and man refers to a male, one of the two distinct genders that God created. And that statement is a faithful representation of reality. It's a true statement based on our definition. But relativism destroys the truth behind the words. If there is no reality to describe, then words don't actually refer to anything. To use a fancy term that I like, words have no ontic referent. Ontic simply means to be or to exist, and referent is something that you refer or point to. So an ontic referent is a real reference point for words. And when relativists say the statement, Clint is a man, you cannot know what they're talking about. Relativism has made gender whatever you and I choose it to be, and so it has stripped the word man of any meaning. For the relativist, man doesn't refer to anything objective. Man could be a biological male, a female who identifies as a male, a female who has surgery to become a male, even a child who identifies as a man. For a relativist, man has no objective meaning. And when people deny the truth of language, language becomes a tool for manipulating instead of a tool for communicating, which is why Proverbs 16.27 says, Scoundrels create trouble. Their words are a destructive blaze. But we can actually put this into use when talking to relativists. You remember, we started out by saying that one of the ways to deal with someone who says that there is no truth is to ask the question, is that true? Well, another way to deal with someone who says there is no truth is to respond, I like pizza too. Or, yes, otters are adorable. Or, I totally agree that there is absolute truth. See, if there is no objective truth and words have no ontic reference, you as the subject get to decide what words mean your own words, and everyone else's words. See, when truth is abandoned, language becomes disconnected from reality. And here's why this is so incredibly important for Christians. The first is that all of our thoughts are conducted through words. Think about how you think for a moment. You use words when you think. To think is to say words to yourself. But if words have no meaning, no ontic reference then your thoughts become meaningless as well. And God has chosen to reveal himself to us in an entire book of words. John 17, 17 says, Your word is truth. And if words have no meaning, we cannot know God in the way that he has revealed himself to us in his word. And the most important reason is that Jesus is the living word that points to God, the ultimate Ontic referent. Ephesians 4.21 says, The truth is in Jesus. And John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh 
and dwelt among us. Guys, the truth-bearing capability of words is infinitely important because the only way we can know God is through words, his living word, his written word, and his creative word. Here's the fourth fatal flaw. Relativism creates hypocrites. And a hypocrite is a fancy word that simply means someone who says one thing and does another thing. See, no one lives like a relativist. They may treat a few things as if they were relative, like sex and abortion and gender, but they live the vast majority of their lives as if there is objective truth. And the divide that is there between what is said and what is lived is hypocrisy. And let me just point out a few areas where we can see this kind of disconnect. The first is in speech. See, no one actually treats words as if they had no meaning. The professor who teaches relativism grades his papers as if words actually had meaning. He goes home at the end of the day to his wife and expects her to know what he's saying to her. He expects that if he asks her for a cold drink of water, she's not going to give him a boiling cup of oil. But there's also hypocrisy in dealing with the physical world. Nobody lives as if physical reality was relative. No one acts like gravity or the danger of a gun is a subjective preference. No one getting robbed with a gun looks the robber in the face and says, sorry, I don't believe in guns. And even if they did, the robber would never respond, sorry about that, I guess I can't force my truth on you. No, the danger of guns is real, and it's an objective truth of reality, whether you believe it to be or not. And there's also hypocrisy and moral issues. No one lives as if everything is relative when it comes to right and wrong. And there's an easy way to test this. If you're talking to someone and they say they're a relativist, ask them for their phone. When you get it, take it, put it in your pocket, thank them, and walk away. What are they going to say to you? Stealing is wrong? They don't believe in moral values. The worst thing that they can say is, I don't prefer that you do that. Or, I wouldn't do that if I were you. He has no standard to stand on. No, when it comes to relativism, everyone is absolute with moral violations against themselves. And you might be asking, why does relativism lead to hypocrisy? Why do so few people actually live like relativists even though they give lip service to it? And here's the main reason. Paul tells us in Romans 2, 14, and 15 that everyone has the law of God written on their hearts. It says, even those who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own consciences bear witness. The Bible teaches we are created in God's image. And so every human being has the truth of God and the law of God stamped on their hearts. And no matter how seared or ignored a person's conscience is, they still have an awareness of God's standard. No one can live completely as a relativist. And true relativism denies what's written on our hearts, and so by God's grace, nobody can fully live it out. And here's the last fatal flaw. Relativism always leads to destruction and eventually to death. 
See, relativism destroys societies. Eventually, relativism leads to more and more and more people doing whatever they want to do. And that is called anarchy. Anarchy is the ideal. It's the perfect society for relativism. It's the goal of relativism. The Bible actually gives a lot of illustrations of this, but one of them is in Judges 17.6. It says, In those days there was no king in Israel, no authority. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. If you read that book, Israel was in complete chaos at the time. War, rape, murder, theft, all of them were completely commonplace because everyone did whatever they wanted to do. That's anarchy. And there's only two solutions to anarchy. One is moral reform. People again recover the truth and they submit to it. Or two is a dictator. A person who has the power to enforce his own relativism on everyone else. And the history of most of the horrible dictators in the world, Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, all sprang up from those relativistic roots. Relativism destroys societies and it paves the way for dictators. But relativism also destroys individuals. One of the most famous journalists of this century wrote that those who preach relativism prepare the jails of the 21st century. Now, why do you think he said that? Think about for a moment the person that relativism produces. It's a person who does not care about the moral viewpoint of others, and it is a person who ignores social norms and conventions. Do you know what that kind of a person is called? It's a sociopath. The perfect relativist is a sociopath, a person that has no conscience. Stick with me for a minute. We're almost done, and this is serious. Relativism may sound harmless at first. It may not sound deadly at first, but it leads the pathway to death and destruction. And, and I'm going to use pornography here as an example because I fell into that sin when I was 11. And I know that some of you were exposed to it as well. And I've heard people say of that, it's not hurting anyone else, so it's not wrong. Or, it's right for me, no one else is involved. Of course, this directly contradicts what Jesus said in Matthew 5.28. Anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. But here's the point. The same exact relativistic thinking that justifies pornography leads to far worse and destructive ends. Let me show you how this path looks. How many of you guys have heard of Ted Bundy? handful. Well, Ted Bundy, beginning in the 1970s, he was one of America's most brutal serial killers. He admitted to abusing and killing 30 women in a four-year period. Terrible. And we don't know that actual count may have been much higher than that. Bundy was executed the year that I was born. But the night before his death, he did an interview. And at one point in this interview, Bundy talked about the effects that his pornography addiction had on his life. And, and here's what he said. Like most other kinds of addiction, he said, I would keep looking for more potent, more explicit, more graphic kinds of material. Like an addiction, you keep craving something which is harder, harder, something which can give you a greater sense of excitement. 
until you reach the point that pornography only goes so far. I've lived in prison a long time now. I've met a lot of men who were motivated to commit violence like me. And without exception, every one of them was deeply involved in pornography. Now, I am not saying that everyone who looks at pornography becomes a violent criminal. I've been in that situation, and I've never murdered anyone. That's not what I'm saying. But Ted Bundy is the ideal relativist. He is as close as it gets to a perfect product of relativism, a person who does whatever they want regardless of the consequences. And the same relativistic thinking that justified his pornography in the beginning is the same relativistic thinking that opened the door to far, far more destructive things, which is why ultimately relativism destroys eternally. 2 Thessalonians 2, 10 through 12 says, He, the deceiver, will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction. He's talking about hell. Because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. See, the Bible makes it very clear that those who refuse to love the truth and who enjoy sin will be destroyed in the end. But there's hope. See, all of that was informational. But I want to leave you guys tonight with an invitation. I want to invite you to know truth. Not just truth as a concept, but truth as a person. Because there is a truth that brings freedom. And Jesus talked about it in John 8, 31 through 32. He said, if you abide in my word, that's why words are so important. You are my disciple indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. See, there is a God who created the world so that the reality and the truth of who he is can be known and enjoyed. And the truth of who he is, the satisfaction that is only found in Jesus, that is the only thing that frees from the sin and from the lies of relativism. Enjoying Jesus, knowing the truth, is true freedom. One writer put it this way, There is an ontic referent, a word more real than you and me, a good beyond your preference, a truth that sets the knower free. So friends, relativism is false because there is truth. And his name is Jesus Christ. He is the word of God. And he is God revealed to us. I hope and pray that you will live to enjoy him and proclaim the truth of who he is to the world. My goal and desire is that you would be fearless heralds of the truth for the glory of God and for the joy of all people. Let's bow our head in prayer. Lord, you are a great God, and we worship you. I pray that the things that have been spoken of tonight would fall with weight upon this group, Lord. I pray that you would grant understanding. I pray that you would use the meager means that I have brought, Lord, and that you would work miracles, that your spirit would move powerfully, that you would awaken us to, to see you in new ways, to love the truth, to find our satisfaction in you, to taste and see, Lord, that you truly are good and that you are the only 
freedom that delivers us from the lies of sin, Lord. I pray that you would continue to increase our understanding and that you would raise our affections for you as well, Lord. We thank you so much that we can be here. We thank you that you have given us the opportunity to know you, that you have given us true references for words, Lord, and that you have given us your living word, your written word, and your creative word. We worship you tonight, and we thank you. In your precious name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. We've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold an apologetics conference, give him a call locally in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website. Once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org. You will also find that we have a wide variety of resources available to you. So be sure to look around our website and share it with others. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran. Amen.